Act One of the First Part of Tamburlaine the Great by Christopher Marlowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Prologue, read by Martin Geeson. From jigging veins of rhyming mother wits, and such conceits as clownage keeps in pay, we'll lead you to the stately tent of war, where you shall hear the Scythian Tamburlaine threatening the world with high astounding terms, and scourging kingdoms with his conquering sword view but his picture in this tragic glass and then applaud his fortunes as you please dramatis personae for tamburlaine the great part one mycetes king of persia read by algy pug cosroe his brother read by bruce peary meander Persian Lord, read by David Lewis Richardson, Theridamas, Persian Lord, read by Timothy Ferguson, Ortigius, Persian Lord, read by Kevin Sparks, Seneas, Persian Lord, read by Derek Powell, Menaphon, Persian Lord, read by Alan fourteen o five. Tamburlaine, a Scythian shepherd, read by David Goldfarb, Techelles, follower of Tamburlaine, read by Larry Womack, Usum Cassane, follower of Tamburlaine, read by Nigel Boydell, Bajazeth, emperor of the Turks, read by Peter Bishop, King of Fez, read by Marty Chris. King of Morocco, read by Marty Chris. King of Argia, read by Jonathan Hayes. King of Arabia, read by Robert Scheid. Sultan of Egypt, read by Marty Chris. Governor of Damascus, read by Martin Geeson. Agaidas, Median Lord, read by Marty Chris. Magnetes. Median Lord, read by Algy Pug, Capolin, an Egyptian, read by Algy Pug, Philemus, read by Sarah Crampton, a spy, read by Sarah Crampton, a basso, read by Algy Pug, attendant, read by Algy Pug, Xenocrate, daughter to the Sultan of Egypt. Read by Sandra. Anipe, her maid. Read by Avai. Sabina, wife to Bajaseth. Read by Amy Graymore. Ebea, her maid. Read by Cheyenne Donnell. First Virgin, Virgins. Read by Elizabeth Clutt. Second Virgin, Virgins. Read by Ariel Lipshaw. Narrator. Read by Tina Nuzzi. Act One. Scene One. Enter. Mycetes. Cosroe. Meander. 
Theridamus, Ortigius, Sanias, Menaphon, with others. Brother Cosroe, I find myself aggrieved, yet insufficient to express the same, for it requires a great and thundering speech. Good brother, tell the cause unto my lords, I know you have a better wit than I. Unhappy Persia, that in former age hast been the seat of mighty conquerors, that in their prowess and their policies have triumphed over Africa, and the bounds of Europe where the sun dares scarce appear for freezing meteors and congealed cold, now to be ruled and governed by a man at whose birthday Cynthia with Saturn joined, and Jove the sun and Mercury denied to shed their influence in his fickle brain now turks and tartars shake their swords at thee meaning to mangle all thy provinces brother i see your meaning well enough and through your planets i perceive you think i am not wise enough to be a king but i refer me to my noblemen that know my wit and can be witnesses i might command you to be slain for this meander might i not not for so small a fault my sovereign lord i mean it not but yet i know i might yet live yea live my seat is wills it so meander thou my faithful counsellor declare the cause of my conceived grief which is god knows about that tamburlaine that like a fox in midst of harvest time doth prey upon my flocks of passengers and as i hear doth mean to pull my plumes therefore it is good and meet for to be wise oft have i heard your majesty complain of tamburlaine that sturdy scythian thief that robs your merchants of persepolis trading by land unto the western isles and in your confines with his lawless train daily commits in civil outrages hoping misled by dreaming prophecies to reign in asia with barbarous arms to make himself the monarch of the east but ere he march in asia or display his vagrant ensign in the persian fields your grace hath taken order by theridamus charged with a thousand horse to apprehend and bring him captive to your highness throne full true thou speakest and like thyself my lord whom i may term a daemon for thy love therefore tis best if so it like you all to send my thousand horse incontinent to apprehend that paltry scythian how like you this my honourable lords is it not a kingly resolution it cannot choose because it comes from you then hear thy charge valiant theridamus the chiefest captain of my city's host the hope of persia and the very legs whereon our state doth lean as on a staff that holds us up and foils our neighbour foes thou shalt be leader of this thousand horse whose foaming gore with rage and high disdain have sworn the death of wicked tamburlaine go frowning forth but come thou smiling home as did sir paris with the grecian dame return with speed time passeth swift away our life is frail and we may die to-day before the moon renew her borrowed light doubt not my lord and gracious sovereign but tamburlaine and that tartarian rout shall either perish by our warlike hands or plead for mercy at your highness feet go stout theridamus thy words are swords and with thy looks thou conquerest all thy foes 
I long to see thee back return from thence, that I may view these milk-white steeds of mine, all loaden with the heads of killed men, and from their knees even to their hoofs below, besmeared with blood that makes a dainty show. Then now, my lord, I humbly take my leave. Theridamus, farewell ten thousand times. Exit Theridamus. Ah, Menaphon, why steest thou thus behind, when other men press forward for renown? Go, Menaphon, go into Scythia, and foot by foot follow Theridamus. Nay, pray you, let him stay. A greater task fits Menaphon than warring with a thief. Create him pro-rex of all Africa, that he may win the Babylonians' hearts, which will revolt from Persian government, unless they have a wiser king than you. Unless they have a wiser king than you. These are his words, Meander. Set them down. And add this to them, that all Asia lament to see the folly of their king. Well, here I swear by this my royal seat. You may do well to kiss it, then. Embossed with silk, as best beseems by state, to be revenged for these contemptuous words. Oh, where is duty and allegiance now? Fled to the Caspian or the Ocean main? What shall I call thee, brother? No, a foe. Monster of nature, shame unto thy stock, that darest presume thy sovereign for to mock. Meander, come, I am abused, Meander. Exent all except Kosroe and Menaphon. How now, my lord? What mated and amazed to hear the king thus threaten like himself? Ah, Menaphon, I pass not for his threats. The plot is laid by Persian noblemen and captains of the Median garrisons to crown me emperor of Asia. But this it is that doth excruciate the very substance of my vexed soul to see our neighbours that were wont to quake and tremble at the Persian monarch's name now sit and laugh our regiment to scorn, and that which might resolve me into tears men from the farthest equinoctial line have swarmed in troops into the eastern india lading their ships with gold and precious stones and made their spoils from all our provinces this should entreat your highness to rejoice since fortune gives you opportunity to gain the title of a conqueror by curing of this maimed empery africa and europe border on your land and continent to your dominions how easily may you with a mighty host pass into gracia as did cyrus once and cause them to withdraw their forces home lest you subdue the pride of christendom trumpet within but menaphon what means this trumpet sound behold my lord ortigius and the rest bring in the crown to make you emperor re-enter ortigius and senius with others bearing a crown magnificent and mighty prince cosroe we in the name of other persian states and commons of this mighty monarchy present thee with the imperial diadem the warlike soldiers and the gentlemen that heretofore have filled persopolis with afric captains taken in the field whose ransom made them march in coats of gold with costly jewels hanging at their ears and shining stones upon their lofty crests now living idle in the walled towns wanting both pay and martial discipline begin in troops to threaten civil war and openly exclaim against their king therefore to stay all sudden mutinies we will invest your highness emperor 
whereat the soldiers will conceive more joy than did the Macedonians at the spoil of great Darius and his wealthy host. Well, since I see the state of Persia droop and languish in my brother's government, I willingly receive the imperial crown, and vow to wear it for my country's good, in spite of them shall malice my estate. And in assurance of desired success, we here do crown thee monarch of the East, emperor of Asia and Persia, great lord of Media and Armenia, duke of Africa and Albania, Mesopotamia and of Parthia, East India and the late discovered isles, chief lord of all the wide vast Euxine Sea, and of the ever-raging Caspian Lake. Long live Khosroe, mighty emperor! And Jove may never let me longer live than I may seek to gratify your love, and cause the soldiers that thus honor me to triumph over many provinces. By whose desires of discipline in arms I doubt not shortly but to reign sole king, and with the army of Theridamus, whither we presently will fly, my lords, to rest secure against my brother's force. We knew, my lord, before we brought the crown, intending your investion so near the residence of your despised brother, the lords would not be too exasperate to injury, or suppress your worthy title, or, if they would, there are in readiness ten thousand horse to carry you from hence, in spite of all suspected enemies. I know it well, my lord, and thank you all. Sound the trumpets, then. Trumpets sounded. God save the king. Accent. Act One, Scene Two. Enter Tamburlaine, leading Xenocrates, Techelles, Usumkasane, Agaidas, Magnetes, lords and soldiers loaden with treasure. Come, lady, let not this appall your thoughts. The jewels and the treasure we obtain shall be reserved, and you in better state than if you were arrived in Syria, even in the circle of your father's arms, the mighty soldan of Egyptia. Ah, shepherds, pity my distressed plight, if, as thou seemst, thou art so mean a man, and seek not to enrich thy followers by lawless rapine from a silly maid who travelling with these median lords to memphis from my uncle's country of media where all my youth i have been governed have passed the army of the mighty turk bearing his privy signet and his hand to safe conduct us thorough africa and since we have arrived in scythia besides rich presents from the puissa de charm we have his highness's letters to command aid and assistance if we stand in need but now you see these letters and commands are countermanded by a greater man, and through my provinces you must expect letters of conduct from my mightiness, if you intend to keep your treasure safe. But since I love to live at liberty, as easily may you get the soldan's crown as any prizes out of my precinct, for they are friends that help to wean my state till men and kingdoms help to strengthen it, and must maintain my life exempt from servitude. But tell me, madam, is your grace betrothed? I am, my lord, for so you do import. I am a lord, for so my deeds shall prove, and yet a shepherd by my parentage. But, lady, 
this fair face and heavenly hue must grace his bed that conquers asia and means to be a terror to the world measuring the limits of his empery by east and west as phoebus doth his course lie here ye weeds that i disdain to wear this complete armour and this kirtle acts are adjuncts more beseeming tamburlaine and madam whatsoever you esteem of this success and loss unvalued both may invest you empress of the east and these that seem but silly country swains may have the leading of so great a host as with their weight shall make the mountains quake even as when windy exhalations fighting for passage tilt within the earth as princely lions when they rouse themselves stretching their paws and threatening herds of beasts so in his armour looketh Tamburlaine. Methinks I see kings kneeling at his feet, and he with frowning brows and fiery looks spurning their crowns from off their captive heads. And making thee and me to Chelles kings, that even to death will follow Tamburlaine. Nobly resolved, sweet friends and followers. These lords perhaps do scorn our estimates, and think we prattle with distempered spirits. But since they measure our deserts so mean, that in conceit bear empires on our spears, affecting thoughts co-equal with the clouds, they shall be kept our forced followers, till with their eyes they view us emperors. The gods defenders of the innocent will never prosper your intended drifts that thus oppress poor friendless passengers. Therefore at least admit us liberty even as thou hopest to be etonized by leaving Asia's mighty emperor. I hope our lady's treasure and our own may serve for ransom to our liberties. Return our mules and empty camels back, that we may travel into Syria, where her betrothed lord Alcidemus expects the arrival of her highness's person. And wheresoever we repose ourselves, we will report but well of Tamburlaine disdain xenocrate to live with me or you my lords to be my followers think you i weigh this treasure more than you not all the gold in india's wealthy arms shall buy the meanest soldier in my train xenocrate lovelier than the love of jove brighter than is the silver rhodope fairer than whitest snow on scythian hills thy person is more worth to tamburlaine than the possession of the persian crown which gracious stars have promised at my birth a hundred tartars shall attend on thee mounted on steeds swifter than pegasus thy garments shall be made of median silk and chased with precious jewels of mine own more rich and valorous than xenocrates with milk-white hearts upon an ivory sled thou shalt be drawn amidst the frozen pools and scale the icy mountain's lofty tops which with thy beauty will be soon resolved my martial prizes with five hundred men won on the fifty-headed volga's waves shall we all offer to xenocrate and then myself to fair xenocrate what now in love to Chelles, women must be flattered but this is she with whom I am in love. Enter a soldier. News, news. How now? What's the matter? A thousand Persian horsemen are at hand, sent from the king to overcome us all. How now, my lords of Egypt and Xenocrate? 
Now must your jewels be restored again, and I that triumphed so be overcome? How say you, lordings? Is not this your hope? We hope yourself will willingly restore them. Such hope, such fortune have the thousand horse. Soft ye, my lords, and sweet Xenocrate, you must be forced from me ere you go. A thousand horsemen, we five hundred foot, and odds too great for us to stand against. But are they rich, and is their armor good? Their plumed helms are wrought with beaten gold, their swords enameled, and about their necks hang massy chains of gold down to the waist, in every part exceeding brave and rich. Then shall we fight courageously with them, or look you I should play the orator? No. Cowards and faint-hearted runaways look for orations when the foe is near. Our swords shall play the orators for us. Come, let us meet them at the mountain top, and with a sudden and hot alarum drive all their horses headlong down the hill. Come, let us march. Stay, Ticellis. Ask a parley first. The soldiers enter. Open the mails, yet guard the treasure sure. Lay out our golden wedges to the view, that their reflections may amaze the Persians, and look we friendly on them when they come. But if they offer word or violence, we'll fight five hundred men-at-arms to one before we part with our possession, and gainst the general we will lift our swords and either lance his greedy thirsting throat, or take him prisoner, and his chain shall serve for manacles till he be ransomed home. I hear them come. Shall we encounter them? Keep all your standings, and not stir a foot. Myself will bide the danger of the brunt. Enter Theridamus with others. Where is this Scythian, Tamburlaine? Whom seek'st thou, Persian? I am Tamburlaine. Tamburlaine? A Scythian shepherd, so embellished with nature's pride and richest furniture. His looks do menace heaven and dare the gods. His fiery eyes are fixed upon the earth as if he now devised some stratagem or meant to pierce Avanessa's darksome vaults to pull the triple-headed dog from hell. Noble and mild this Persian seems to be, if outward habit judge the inward man. His deep affections make him passionate. With what a majesty he rears his looks! In thee, thou valiant man of Persia, I see the folly of thy emperor. Art thou but captain of a thousand horse? that by characters graven in thy brows, and by thy martial face and stout aspect, deserves to have the leading of a host. Forsake thy king, and do but join with me, and we will triumph over all the world. I hold the fates bound fast in iron chains, and with my hand turn fortune's wheel about, and sooner shall the sun fall from his sphere than Tamburlaine be slain or overcome. Draw forth thy sword, thou mighty man-at-arms, intending but to raise my charmed skin, and Jove himself will stretch his hand from heaven to ward the blow and shield me safe from harm. See how he rains down heaps of gold in showers, as if he meant to give my soldiers pay. And, as a sure and grounded argument that I shall be the monarch of the East, he sends this soldan's daughter, rich and brave, to be my queen and portly empress. If thou wilt stay with me, renowned man, and lead thy thousand horse with my conduct, 
besides thy share of this Egyptian prize, those thousand horse shall sweat with martial spoil of conquered kingdoms and of cities sacked. Both we will walk upon the lofty cliffs, and Christian merchants that with Russian stems plough up huge furrows in the Caspian Sea shall veil to us as lords of all the lake. Both we will reign as consuls of the earth, and mighty kings shall be our senators. Jove, sometime massed in a shepherd's weed, and by those steps that he hath scaled the heavens, may we become immortal like the gods. Join with me now in this my mean estate. I call it mean because, being yet obscure, the nations far removed admire me not. And when my name and honour shall be spread as far as Boreas claps his brazen wings, or fair Boötes sends his cheerful light, then shalt thou be competitor with me, and sit with Tamburlaine in all his majesty. Not Hermes, procurator of the gods, could use persuasions more pathetical. Nor are Apollo's oracles more true than thou shalt find my vaunts substantial. We are his friends, and if the Persian king should offer present dukedoms to our state, we think it lost to make exchange for that we are assured of by our friend's success. And kingdoms at least we all expect, besides the honour and assured conquests, where kings shall crouch unto our conquering swords, and hosts of soldiers stand amazed at us, when with their fearful tongues they shall confess, these are the men that all the world admires. What strong enchantments tice my yielding soul to these resolved noble Scythians? But shall I prove a traitor to my king? No, but the trusty friend of Tamburlaine. <laughs> One with thy words and conquered with thy looks, I yield myself, my men, and horse to thee, to be partaker of thy good or ill, as long as life maintains Theridamus. Theridamus, my friend, take here my hand, which is as much as if I swore by heaven and called the gods to witness of my vow. Thus shall my heart be still combined with thine, until our bodies turn to elements and both our souls aspire celestial thrones. To Celes and Cassinet, welcome him. Welcome, renowned Persian, to us all. Long may Theridamus remain with us. These are my friends, in whom I more rejoice than doth the king of Persia in his crown, and by the love of Pallades and Orestes, whose statues we adore in Scythia, thyself and them shall never part from me before I crown you kings in Asia. Make much of them, gentle Theridamus, and they will never leave thee till the death. Nor thee nor them, thrice noble Tamburlaine, shall want my heart to be with gladness pierced, to do you honour and security. A thousand thanks, worthy Theridamus. And now, fair madam, and my noble lords, if you will willingly remain with me, you shall have honours as your merits be, or else you shall be forced with slavery. We yield unto thee, happy Tamburlaine. For you, then, madam, I am out of doubt. I must be pleased perforce, wretched Zenocrate. Excellent. End of Act One.